And now, the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brandon Staten and Tyler Hensbro. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sleephawk Worldwide Podcast. This is your boy, Sleep Dog, with the big hawk. What's up, everybody? It's the big hawk. Uh, bracing up for the new year. Buckle up, guys. Uh, we're going to keep this pod rolling. We got a great pod coming. And I'm excited to be with uh, my guy Sleep Dog post Christmas. Let's go, guys! As we're recording, as, <laughs> oh, I was looking up. I got the game on behind me, and as I was looking up, I saw West Virginian running into the end zone. But turns out it was a replay. Uh, as we're recording, this is last. I got four hours left in five hours left in my thirties, guys. And as you're listening, the big dog turning forty. Life begins at 40, they say. Probably some people say life life starts ending there. Uh, but I'm here nonetheless. Um, got a great pod. We got a Christmas recap. We got UNC kicking the teeth in Oklahoma. We got, you know, live action, as Hubie likes to say, about UNC and the Mayo Bowl. All I've seen so far is they're trying a bunch of random foods with mayonnaise. I mean, that's how bad this game is. Russell Westbrook riding the pine. Let's ride the pine. Um, so I'm going to obviously go in on that. Um, tell you guys a few things. We'll get in, like I said, OU notes. We got some other stuff we got our, we're going to bring back, uh, contender pretender segment, which I feel like was a huge hit after, uh, after our last pod. But one thing we didn't cover on the last pod is melancholy. Uh, it happened. Uh, the news broke the day our pod actually came out. So we didn't know uh, by the time we had recorded it, but uh, Eric Montross, uh, you know, we lost him big Hawk. And uh, I know you obviously had, uh, you'll, you'll have a much more poignant uh, things to say because of your relationship with the program and him in particular. But, you know, I did meet Eric Montross a couple times. And I mean, I think the only thing I can say is just how nice the guy was. And from where I sit, um, he was like, you know, the original Tyler Hansbro is really how I think of him. You know what I mean? Just sort of unconventional, hard work, just hard nose. Uh, and I think, you know, he kind of personified what, what I've heard you say a few times, which is blue collar basketball, man. And, uh, you know, on the court, he was, you know, one of the greatest Tar Heels, and he had a great career in the NBA. And then off of it, you know, I had the chance to meet him when I was coming up with, uh, you know, in school with DTH, and then met him a couple times while he was, you know, announcing, um, you know, it, what just a, kind of a shocker, um, but also just very sad. And, and I think everything, at least from my few brief encounters with him, everything that I heard everybody say was spot on, which was just like, you just couldn't have met a nicer person. And, you know, when things like this happen, you know, everybody says nice things about people. Right. And, and, and I mean, that's just obviously the right thing to do, but you know, with him in particular, right. Like you got a chance to experience it and it's just true, man. I just, I just couldn't think of a nicer guy. And, you know, if, if, if somebody, when I die someday, if some guy says, Half the things about me that they say about him, I'll consider uh, my my life well lived, and um, you know, just super sad situation. And uh, you know, I know probably a lot of Tar Heel Nation is is uh, you know much more interested in your thoughts than mine. But I just wanted to say that. No, I think uh, you like many have been impacted by Montrose, and I think 
one of the great things that Big E did was he was so approachable and he was so welcoming to everybody that came up to him. Uh, he was a giant person, uh, had an amazing heart. He did a lot for the community as well. And he did a lot for cancer. He did a lot of research, a lot of fundraising for cancer. And one of the last times I had seen Montross was at the Smith Center, and he was actually calling a kid who had cancer. And uh, he graduated and walked the stage and got his diploma. And uh, Montross was calling him to congratulate him. And uh, it's uh, we lost a great Tar Heel. He was everything that, you know, Tar Heels should be on the court and off the court. And he is a great model for everyone and how they should live as far as being welcoming welcoming and just a great person always gave back. My heart goes out to his family um, because uh, I know he was a great family member as well. But uh, everyone was kind of, this was a tough one sleep. You know, it's, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of people really expected this and uh, he will be greatly missed. Absolutely, man. He was an underrated Tar Heel. You know, we've had a lot of guys come along, the Jordans and the, you know, and the Worthies and the, you know, you name it. And, um, you know, had a great career in the NBA. And, yeah, I think that's the thing is his is, is family handled the whole situation in a very, you know, private and super civilized manner. And I think he um, – embodied that i mean i feel like he was carolina way just like personified you know what i mean and um you can't couldn't have said it better uh if i tried uh you know he's 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 uh it, it's just really a bummer there's no words and 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 uh you know i know we joke around a lot on here and <laughs> man i hope him i hope his family never wasted their time listening to our podcast but if any of this happens to you know uh to make it make it uh over there to somebody you know on uh, um that's he's close to i i just hope that they know um that you know his his it just reached far and wide man he was a great guy um something he would have been happy about i think carolina's performance at against oklahoma right bouncing back after a couple you know uh tough tough losses um, you know, we talk, we we previewed the game in our last episode. Uh, obviously, the game took place since. You know, we we mentioned that you know Oklahoma, while they're ranked pretty highly, hadn't really played anybody. We're going to get to a teaser alert. You know, to the contender pretender segment here later on. We may or may not talk about uh, the Big Hawks' outlook for Oklahoma, but um, you know, we mentioned they hadn't really played anybody. Uh, they had beaten Arkansas, someone Carolina had beaten. Um, they had beaten USC, I think, was their next best win. Other than that, they hadn't played a lot. And uh, I feel like that showed. I feel like Carolina played great, um, you know, and and uh, really bounced back from a couple tough games and, um, you know, got it done. 81-69, what seems like forever ago. What was that on the 20th? You know, Carolina's now 8-3, uh, now and three, gave Oklahoma their first loss. R.J. Davis just continues to play great. Um, curious your thoughts there, Big Hawk. Yeah, I think um, overall I wasn't impressed with Oklahoma. I felt like we kind of controlled this game, and to me it was just a matter of time before we kind of closed it out. I, you know, I thought we played well. I thought we played with a purpose. Um, I thought Cormac Ryan especially came out with a lot of energy. And I like the way he he played, and, and he played great defense. 
like you said, RJ continues to, you know, provide these scoring, you know, these big scoring nights and it's playing well. Um, I, I thought it was a really good win. I think we needed this win because mm-hmm. if we would have lost this game, uh, you know, we would start to question the position that we're in. This was a, I hate must wins, but this was a, this is a needed win for us. And I'm not really ready to give Oklahoma the quality or the credit that they probably deserve uh, just based off of strength of schedule. And I think that we will find out more about Oklahoma come midseason in the Big 12 when they get tested. Now, I know that they were undefeated, but their schedule was very weak. They played a couple quality teams. USC isn't a quality team, in my opinion. They're filled with young kids, and uh, they're not all that great. Uh, Arkansas, Arkansas is, you know, Arkansas had some good games, but they were playing very poorly to begin the season. And I'm not impressed with Oklahoma. And, and Carolina fans don't uh, don't uh, start to think that this wasn't a big win for us mm-hmm. because we've shown the ability to lose to anybody too. And this is a you know a time after we had lost the game, come back, step up, okay, and beat a a team that has beaten. Uh, quality opponents is what, what was undefeated at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, we will take this and we will move on. Uh, we have a, um, you know, coming up, we have a game against a team that, you know, it's going to be, uh, these are kind of these cupcake games before we start conference play. And I'll sleep. I just want to bring this up because I don't know who at the ACC scheduled three away <laughs> games to start ACC play, but I don't think that's, I think that's bad scheduling on the ACC's behalf. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's right. Um, you know, we go on the road uh, to, I think, Pitt. And, mm-hmm. you know, Pitt has shown spurts to play well. Clemson's playing as good as anybody. So after mm-hmm. Pitt, we go to Clemson. Um, that's going to be – that is going to be a dogfight. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that game. They have a kid named P.J. Hall who is playing about as good as anybody in college basketball – not named Zach Eady. And that's going to be a test. And then we follow that up with our in-state rival, NC State, which that's going to be a tough game at state. It always is. Um, So, you know, we're going to get tested uh, real quick to start conference play. I'm not happy that the ACC put us on, you know, back-to-back-to-back road games. I think that's – I don't, I don't think that's right, but hey, you know what? You got to play them. You got to show up. Mm-hmm. And you got to go and win. And with this team, we haven't played well on the road. So this would be a good time to get it together, you know, get your stuff, start conference playoff, and uh, go and do three three dubs in a row uh, mm-hmm. on the road after this cupcake team we're about to play. And then, uh, you know, get conference playoff to the start, um, off to a good start. But uh, yeah, this was a good win against Oklahoma. Back to your question. Yeah, and we talked about it on the last pod. We asked if it's a must win, right? Because we had lost two in a row mm-hmm. against good opponents. And, you know, it's weird because, I hell, I don't even remember what the hell we said. It's been so long ago. We lost you to know Kentucky, what? I think. Yeah. yeah, we lost to Kentucky, and then we lost prior to – was it UConn that we lost prior to that? Uh, yep. All right. So we asked ourselves, hey, is this a must win? And in a weird way, like we both said no. Um, mm-hmm. But now looking at it, I feel like it was a should win. And that's yeah. saying a lot considering they were they were undefeated and seventh in the country, but we looked at, you know, we we looked under the hood at, mm-hmm. at just how they got there. And you know, whatever, their power conference, they won the games that are in front of them, made their fault, right? To a certain yep. extent. And you know, and and that's it, and we didn't just should win it, we won it convincingly, 
Outscored them in the first half, outscored them in the second half, forced 18 turnovers, only turned the ball over nine times, right? Shot the ball okay, didn't shoot the ball great, uh, got out, rebounded, right? But but at the end of the day, I mean, that game was never in question and yep. um, and probably could have gotten even farther out of question. So, look, at you know, here we are, eight and three, coming in, what, at number nine right now in the AP poll. Again, like – we're big proponents of not really caring what the polls show at this stage of the game. But I think, you know, we're showing the only losses we've had are, you know, we, we needed that. That's what we talked about last year. Like you didn't have the quad one, right? Whatever. This is presumably will, will remain a quad one throughout the season. And then now you have a chance to go out and get the, get the conference, you know, really, really get, um, you know, steamroll through the conference on the road. Get your road games out of the way. I mean, Pitt at Pitt, you should win that one. Clemson's going to be tough, right? They're they're playing great, right? But hey, look, if we're as good as we can be, and I think the difference between this year and last year is we've shown signs of being able to be that good. And last year, I don't know that whatever, like we just didn't it didn't click. So I think we can be that good, and if we are going to be that good on a any given night, we should be that good against Clemson. Can win that, and, and you know, I mean, I just think we're, you know, we're a superior team to NC State, and you know, on the road could be a hostile environment, yada yada yada. But you know, sometimes we go in there and and it's close, and sometimes we go in there and just kick the shit out of them, right? I, all I know is we come out of the stretch, you know, with three wins in a row, and it's full speed ahead. I mean, we're going to, you know, you got to presume a few of these guys in front of us are going to, you know, all of a sudden you're just a bona fide top five, seven team. Uh, and again, we're back to that point, right? We talked about this at the beginning of the year, how we really like to be in a position where, you know, not a lot is expected. You kind of fly under the radar. The expectation. Well, guess what? You win these three games and you're sort of back in the forefront of the conversation as one of the best teams in the country. And, you know, again, to tease it, what's ahead, we'll get into Duke a little bit later. And, you know, they're definitely after a win at Baylor against Baylor, should say, are back in the conversation. And now you're sort of in this quintessential ACC conversation. You got Duke Carolina at the top of the league, um, so on and so forth. Right. But a, like like the big hawk always says, got to play the next one. And, um, you know, we've got. Three road games and, and and it doesn't matter, man. You can be playing, you know, Wake Tech, and it's going to be you know something you should pay attention to if it's on the road. Actually, sleep. I think we play. Um, who we play in between? We oh, you said Charleston with, Southern. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I mean, Charleston Southern. So that was the cupcake team I was talking about. My bad. And uh, <laughs> not to. T- I hope Charleston Southern's not listening. To well, this. they, they if you are, are uh, Charleston Southern. Hey, do something better with your time. First of all, uh, uh, yeah. I just want it. The only reason I say that is because you look at ESPN's win percentage and they got us ninety-eight point six, which uh, which is a radio know, station, uh, FM radio station. I, I don't think I'm really going out here on a on a limb, but you know we should win that one. But ought to win that one. Yeah. Don't win that um, one. That's like, uh, what was I talking about? We shouldn't worry about Campbell in football. And next thing I know, I was like, whoa, man, let's pump should. the brakes here. Might not worry about him. So, oh, like, man. God, what um, a disaster that was. Yes, yeah. you're right. Charleston Southern. 
I mean, if you're from a small town and you got to like use the compass to tell what part of that small town you're from, you know, like Western Kentucky. I mean, that's a whole state. Eastern Michigan. That's a whole state like Charleston Southern. Does that mean they're from the south of Charleston? I mean, Christ, there's a college of Charleston. And they, you know, at least they're sort of like the school of Charleston. Charleston Southern, like I never bro, even thought like, about it like that. I mean, come on, where are these guys from? Southern Charleston, you know, where from South part of Charleston. <laughs> I don't know if I've been to Charleston. I don't know what what part. South of Charleston. You know? I didn't know Charleston was big enough to have North, South, or otherwise. Uh, but hey, I know where they're at. I bet they ain't at the top part of the top part of the town. As the crow flies, as they say. Anyway, that was a brain teaser for all you geographists out there. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean, that's where we're at, right? I mean, mm-hmm. ought to beat Charleston Southern. Got a three-game stretch ahead of us. Again, like, trust but verify. I think that's what we're looking at as, as Tar Heel fans right now. And, uh, you know, I think where I sit today versus where I sat this time last year um, – I'm cautiously optimistic, right? I think the team is playing better. I think they're more cohesive. We've talked about this ad nauseum, um, you know. And again, I think we've won a few games and we've lost a few close ones. That's the thing. You know, we're eight and three and we're in the mm-hmm. top 10. We lost three games and we're in the top 10. But that's because I think when you watch what we're doing, we've lost some close ones. And, you know, we've had, you know, some some guys that haven't had their best games. And, you know, we've still been very, very in games. So it's yep. not like we've just gone out and laid an egg. And 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 and, and the eye test shows that sort of the chemistry is there. And, and I think we got some pieces. Sleep. So, all right. I was listening to a podcast and what they were doing where they were saying, what does this team need to do to win? And the way they worded the question was, if Santa were to give this team a gift uh-huh. and you could have like provided scoring uh, a stretch four, what would Santa give the UNC Tar Heels? What do they need from Santa? What would be on that list? Like just one gift that Santa could give them to make them just next level to get better. What do we need the most? Dang. You asking me? I'll go. I'll go first, and you can, if you okay. want. Or I would I say, we say need, Michael Jordan, but that's you know, go ahead. <laughs> we would say that would definitely help. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think we need somebody off the bench, and I think we need depth. I think mm-hmm. with this team that these group of starters are playing really well, somehow we're going to have to get um, some depth on this team. That's the one worry I have, and I think it would have to be probably in the. Uh, big man position. I, I know Armando hasn't played his best basketball yet, but if we can get somebody off the bench, preferably a big, and in particular somebody like if Jalen Washington gets his confidence, I think it's really going to help this team. And the reason I say that is because, Sleep, you pointed this out in these stats, is we're getting out-rebounded a lot of games. Mm-hmm. And to me, 
rebounding is one of the most important aspects of basketball. It's how you finish plays, okay? It's always how do you finish a defensive possession with the rebound still, whatever, okay? Rebounding is a huge part of that, and you've got to dominate the boards if you want to win. Mm-hmm. And so I would like to see that. And um, I think if we had one addition or something that would really help this team, I think it would be a big man off the bench that would provide a lot of rebounding spark. I'm not talking about scoring. And if you look at the bench as well, I think Seth Trimble comes in there and gives us some good minutes sometimes. Sometimes he scores, but sometimes the way he plays competitively and provides us with this defensive spark and the way he plays his energy, I think it really helps the team. But uh, I think we've got to figure out the boards. I think we've got to figure that out to going forward to really win a lot of games. I agree with you completely, and I'm not just saying this because you just said that. When you started saying bench, I mean, look, you know, the first few games, right, the first stretch of the season, there was a pretty good distribution. You know, you got guys on the bench that are getting 10, 20 minutes a game. Now you've sort of seen a regression back to Seth Tremble's really the only guy coming off the bench that's getting any minutes of consequence. And and Jalen Washington is a guy, and I, I know probably people that listen to this are probably sick and tired of hearing me talk about Jonathan Kaminga. Okay. But he reminds me, that situation reminds me of the exact same thing. I think Jalen Washington goes in a game, he's looking over his shoulder. And dude's shooting 73% from the field. He's only averaging four points a game, like five, six, seven minutes, right? He's 6'10". He's the only size we got. And I think that that his issue is not that he can't do it. It's he's afraid. He, he feels this like, hey, man, if I make one mistake, you know, the leash is mm-hmm. short. The hook is quick, right? And I feel like he's the kind of guy – that can really be a difference maker. I mean, he's athletic at that size. And that's the thing that's that that's scary. And then you got Jalen Withers, who's like a freak athlete, right? He's, he reminds me of like J.P. Tokido, of guys like David Noel, of guys like, you know, I mean, I don't know. You name it. He's just that, that guy that can jump yeah. out of the gym. Seems like a, like, like a guy that'll come in. And if you give him 20 minutes, 15, 17, 18 minutes off the bench, he gets you like six, seven rebounds a game. Right. And then Seth Tremble seems to be the guy that can really score and and sort of is a a more like well-rounded player. And look, any guys in between. So, I mean, that's the thing, I guess, when you look at these. I mean, look, R.J. Davis playing 35 in against uh, Oklahoma. I ain't argue with that. I mean, all that dude's doing is damn averaging 25 a game right Mm -hmm. now. You know, Cormac Ryan, he's a huge leader, 35. I can't argue with that. Baycott, 30. Look, but but if you get the – that's the thing is like if these guys play 28 and some of these other guys go from 4 or 5 to 10 or 12, like if they're, you know, just especially again in, in a game like Charleston Southern. Like that's what I hope we see is, hey, or if you get ahead at – you know, if you get ahead by 15 at Pitt, like giving these guys some run. And I'll be the first guy to tell you, man, I'm the least qualified to tell you how Hubert Davis should distribute minutes. This is just me sitting on the sidelines as a fan looking at it. You know, you, we've talked about it a bunch. If Baycott's not having his best game, if R.J. Davis isn't having his best game, Seth, I mean, um, Cadeau started hot and he's sort of cooled a little bit, right? Like yeah. you got to feel like he's, he's, he's a freshman. He's going to be a little mercurial. But that's the thing. I'm with you, man. And I, I couldn't agree more is that, you know, we need more from the bench. But in order to get more from the bench, I feel like the bench needs, you know, 
maybe maybe a bigger opportunity. But again, yep. like that's not a knock. That's just me sort of sort of looking at mm-hmm. Washington in particular. To me is the most interesting player on the team because I watch him, and because I watch so much. I mean, it just it's 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 the exact same thing I see, which is mm-hmm. he's so worried that if he makes a mistake. You know, he looks over his shoulder, looks at the bench and that sort of thing. And I, I really feel like he's the type of kid that given the opportunity, um, you know, to, to, to get some confidence is really going to be a contributor uh, when we need it and probably going to step up when least expect it. Yeah, I think I think the thing he has the ability mm-hmm. and he has a potential. I think that's what we all see. And uh, obviously, we're all pulling for pulling for Jalen. But, uh, you know, it was just a question. It's not like, uh, you know, we're saying, yeah, Hubert should do this. It's just like, hey, what does this team need? Okay, we need depth and we need help on the, you know, we need to figure out the board situation. So, Santa, this is our uh, wish list. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, those five guys ain't going to be on every night. I mean, you yeah. got to have somebody. You know what yeah, I mean? And and that's just you, real. They shouldn't be on every night because you got to worry about longevity and injuries and, yeah. you know, it's sustainable yeah. for, you know, the tournament. I know, man. So milk and cookies. So anyway, I thought we were going to, you know, we jotted down here. We talk about the Mayo Bowl. It's on behind me. It's 17-10 West Virginia. Carolina gives a 75-yard touchdown first play of game. I mean, Drake May ain't playing. Uh, What's his face? Amarion ain't playing. Tez ain't playing. I mean, maybe Amarion's playing. I don't think so. I wouldn't if I were him. Anyway, <laughs> they're in Charlotte. I, I'm watching guys. I turn on the game. Dudes are eating Mayo nachos. Okay, like, come on, man. This is just look. We 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 talked about it. I think on a pod in our group thread. Look, it's chilly and raining, and and I mean, it would take it would take uh, more than an act of Congress to get sleep dogs to sit through that game. So you know, I'll check the box score when we're done. But it brings me to something that I I'm gonna put bump up the list a little bit that I didn't realize, which is um. You know, Drake May didn't play him. And Drake May's gonna be a top pick. I mean that I think if 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 Sleep Dog had to guess and look into my crystal ball, I mean, if Drake May doesn't go to the New England Patriots, I don't know. I mean I, mean, I guess I guess New England, like they they might they've won a couple games now. So maybe he can't go there. But it just feels like that's what's gonna happen. Um but as a as a Commanders fan, you know they just benched Sam Howell, and God bless. I mean, thank you, Sam Howell, for making Washington a, a team worth watching for me. But I'm telling you, buddy, if we could get Sam, oh, I mean, if we could get Drake, if Washington man, I mean, I would trade everyone. If I had to trade everyone on the team to get. Drake May. I mean, that's what I, and I just start from, from scratch. I just sign all everybody on people's practice squads to get Drake May. Um, I don't even honestly, big honk. I don't even really know where I'm going with that. I'm just, I mean, maybe you I'm just, just want Drake for the, uh, the commanders. Cause I, I think you. here's the thing. Here's what I'm going to say. All right. I'm going to say it here and, and Hey, surprise, surprise. This is a UNC leaning podcast. I think Drake may, is going to be a generational quarterback. I think he's going to be the next guy. I think he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to be better than a guy like Andrew Luck. I think he's going to be better than Justin Herbert. Andrew Luck. 
Dude, I don't think I think I think he's gonna be better than Andrew Luck. I mean, what did Andrew Luck ever really win? I think he's gonna be the guy. I mean, Andrew I Luck, be, I mean, some people think he's like a I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. People think he's borderline Hall of Fame stuff, but whatever. I think Drake may, and you can say what you want, right? I mean, what did, I mean, Andrew Luck was pretty good in college, right? And they they had a great, great record. But I think um you know, when he was at Stanford, I think they they were pushing for you know, big time bowls. I don't know if they they were in the uh, I don't know if playoff even existed then, but I, I I really do, man. I think I think Drake May's the guy that if you're a GM in football, you're just like, dude, got to have him. I mean, we just go all in. I think if you've got, we talked about this, you know, oh, does, yeah. does Chicago with the number one pick? I mean, they got Justin Fields. Do so they go for Drake May? And I think you'd be stupid not to. I mean, it'd be a disaster. I mean. I don't know, dude. I just think that Drake May is going to be the guy. I'm going to say it here. I'm going to say it now. It looks like Caroline just turned it over again. Um, but I'm telling you, I think I think he's – I'm the next Tom Brady is not what I'm saying. But he's the next great quarterback in the NFL. That's what I'm you saying. You think when it's all said and done, he'll have a Peyton Manning-like career? Peyton Manning won two Super Bowls. And is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Would be a generational. I mean, I, Tom Brady's the greatest. Let's just say, I think he's the greatest football player. I think ever. he's the greatest football player ever. And right. I think Peyton Manning and Drew, I think that, I think Drake may remember what the draft is. The draft is a roll of the dice, and yeah. you're looking for the sure bet, right? I think Drake May is the closest thing you're going to find to everything you're looking for. He checks every box. I think he's I think he's better than I think he's a better prospect than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a better prospect than Josh Allen. I think he's a better prospect than I mean, who 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 who's one of the other guys? I mean, he's better than Daniel Jones, he's better than Mac Jones, he's better than you know, Herbert Herbert to me is the one that's like, dude, Herbert's pretty good. Joe Burrow. I think I think this I is think what Herbert's I'll say. overrated. He he ain't done nothing in the playoffs. I agree. I agree, but it's I want to see him yeah. do something in the playoffs. I actually think Burrow is overrated. I, I Well, I put here's what I, I put I put Drake May on the Joe Burrow level. That's what I think he'll do in the NFL. But that being right. said, Joe that's Burrow was at Ohio State. And then he went to LSU and won a national championship. And Drake, mm-hmm. let's face it, hadn't done anything like that. However, this is the thing that I think to myself. Imagine imagine if Drake May never – if he didn't leave Alabama, if he stayed at Alabama. I mean, that's – that's so, so anybody that looks at me and says, oh, you're comparing Drake May to Joe Burrow? What the hell are you talking – like Drake May went to Carolina, okay? If Drake May stayed at Alabama – I mean, Alabama, first of all, is is not even close to questionable about getting a playoff this year. And they probably win the national championship. I mean, I don't know. The Georgia situation is completely different if Drake May is the quarterback at Alabama the last three years. That's all I'm saying. So you got to think about it in that vein. And look, man, I think I'm a homer. I'm going I'm to I'm confess <laughs> on this one. I mean, shit. I think Drake May, oh. if – if you gave me a chance, you, you know, the- 100, 100 years ago, be like, hey, man, you want Drake May as quarterback or do you want sliced bread? I'd be like, I'll take Drake May. I'll cut oh, my bread. own bread. 
You know what I mean? All right. <laughs> so anyway, that's that's just how I feel about it. I think Drake May's the guy. If I I'm hope he GM, is. I love Drake. God bless. I I sell my soul. I mean, I, if I'm Washington, imagine Johnson. <laughs> but I'm going for Drake May no matter what. All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Christmas recap. All right, what happened? What did you do for Christmas, Big Hawk? Man, Guys, I was with my family. Me too. Uh, it was my fun. parents caught COVID twenty three, and I so here's the thing. I so I, I actually well COVID nineteen. I I don't know if, is it if you get COVID now is it COVID? It's a different strand, so it can't be COVID nineteen anymore, right? The variant. Yeah, COVID nineteen V four. Yes. Well, that's what my parents got. So I was supposed to drive, you know, 348 miles round trip to see my parents. And they got, called me up and said they had COVID. And I said, well, and I think my mom, she was like, she, the way she positioned it to me, I think she was hoping I'd be like, well, you know, I'm not afraid. I'll come anyway. And I was like, mm, listen, got a pregnant wife. Uh, we're going to sit this one out and come later. Uh, but. I screwed up. I don't know where I was going with that, but where I was going with that was that my I screwed up a couple pods ago. My mom calls me and says, "Hey, your dad knows that he got you that you got him the Jimmy's famous seafood box." And I was like, "Mom, what the fuck did you tell him?" Like I told you, and she's like, "I didn't tell him." I was like, "Well, how the hell does he know then?" I didn't tell him. Turns out he's been listening to the pod. I didn't think any, and I, I must have said it. I didn't tell. I didn't know my. I thought my parents didn't even listen to shit. They must be real bored. Um. Anyway, my dad called. <laughs> my was like, dad yeah, listens to it. I know. I. I mean. Oh man, that's great. So, so anyway, um, shout out. I'm now probably going to eat it all before I get there. Um. But yeah, I screwed that up. Um. Did not see my parents, but um, you know, did the whole in laws thing. Survived it. Uh. I'll tell you what, Big Hawk, this is my life advice to you, dude. If you ever find yourself in a situation in life where you're expecting a child, the one thing I learned is Christmas. Myself? Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're ever if you're ever expecting <laughs> to have a child. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'm gonna Either. have a lot of questions. Call you up when that happens. Yeah, well, hey, if the stork well, is fucking flying around circle over your apartment. Um, <laughs> dude, I did not get a single Christmas present. They were all for my child. And you know what? I'm pretty okay with that because for one, for one, I ain't even had the kid. People like kids are expensive. I ain't even had the kid yet. The kid is three months from existence. Okay. And I'm already going broke over this thing. I can only imagine when this thing, I mean, like, dude, we're putting deposits on, on elementary school. This kid's not born yet. Okay. So like getting presents for this child at first, I'm like, damn, am I going to get it? And then I'm like, wait a second. This is the best gift I could ever get because the more people buy for this child, the less I have to spend on it. And, uh, and I'm going to spend a lot, buddy. You start feeling, I can't wait. I mean, I'm excited, but it reality really started to sink in this Christmas because dude, I opened 10 million presents, 10 million. <laughs> and every single one of them was for an infant. 
child. And I mean, I'm like, oh, bottles. Oh, bibs. Oh, like, what the fuck is this? Um, yeah. Okay. That's what, okay. Whatever. Um, yeah, dude, it was, uh, it was an interesting Christmas. And, uh, as much as it was interesting, it was also like really, really cool. Obviously. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And also <laughs> saves you anyway. from doing a lot of things too. Like it's, you know, you, yeah, that is a great idea. And also, I, I just wish I could call people and just be like, Hey, let's cancel presents. Let's not get each other anything. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. And I don't, yeah. So here, here's, here's, here's what I'll ask you. All right. And then we'll move on. Cause I know you're not interested in this, but I, I promise you that 80% of our listeners, all the ones that have kids understand if I was going to ask you, all right, say, put yourself in my shoes. You're going to have a kid. All right. Forget mm-hmm. Christmas. You're about to have a child. Mm-hmm. Just name three things you got to have for it. Uh, clothes. Okay. What um, kind of clothes? The little baby, the onesies. Um, okay. What size? Infant. Small. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So that's one. I'm going to give you that one. Small. Um, First of all, they don't make infant and they don't make small. I'm going to come back to this in a second. Okay. Keep uh, going. Two year, uh, two months. All right. I will do a pacifier. <laughs> well, first of all, it takes two months. We're not, okay. Pacifier. Good call. All right. There's one thing you got for your child. And then uh, uh, a baby monitor where you can video. A baby monitor. Like What's it going to eat out of? No, no. So sleep. I'm saying the necessities. <laughs> Obviously, it's going to need a nipple to get the food. You're going to have to breastfeed it, but that is not going to be on my behalf. Okay. Are you going to be? So first of all, I'm opening these. My point is, is I'm opening. We're opening all these presents, and I'm like, "Damn, I didn't know I needed that." I open up, "Damn, I didn't know I needed that." You get a bottle, you're like, "Holy shit!" All right, glass. Understand? Like, why can't it be plastic? Oh, I didn't understand that. And you realize, dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. So it's it's <laughs> wonderful that I'm surrounded by women because they got it all figured out, dude everything blankets they got these these like onesies that have a thing under like well he's gonna shit in that and you're gonna want 17 of them you know and i mean i'm like there i got blankets i got bibs i got dude i was floored by the level of just native preparation that the between the mom the the grandmoms just every woman that i've even like within arm's reach of the things they've thought of that i dude i have a, literally a nursery that looks like we're hoarders because there's boxes of all kinds of contraptions that a child needs to stay alive and uh anybody in the, anybody out there listening you feel free to encroach the dms with any fatherly advice because i'm uh I'm inside of three months. It's actually, damn, Mike, it's three months to the day from the due date, from D-Day. I'll, I'll give you a bunch of tips. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm, guys, I don't have any kids. Uh, sleep, oh, I'll just God. tell you, like, you know, I had this brother moment over Christmas where I yeah, got you, So I mentioned this to you because your brother's got, what, two kids, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I'm sitting there with my little brother, and he goes, I got him a gift. He got me a gift. He got me a gift this year. And I was just like, man, that's really nice. Hey, I'm going to have to go out and get him a gift. I'm always the one running around Christmas Eve to 15 different stores trying to find something for, because I've gotten absolutely nobody anything. And, uh, well, I got my brother something too. And so I looked at him and was like, hey, man, I got you something. And I know you'll like, 
I got him a coat, but I also got him and his wife this other thing. It's called like this quarter pickleball net, and you can travel with it, and it's easy to put up. And and uh, I was like, you can just like if you don't want it, I'll take it. But you know, I got it for you, for you and and Lauren. And he looks at me, and goes, ah, I just keep it. And uh, <laughs> I just laughed in my head, and I'm just like. That's why I like my brother. It's just a total honesty, and I wasn't offended at all. I got it because I had gotten like, you know, everyone goes like gets a Christmas gift, and they're like, ah, I'm going to have to hold on to this for about a year, and then I'm going to throw it away. (laughs) Like, where am I going to store it and never use it? So it was in that moment just made me laugh. Guys, me and the big hog got together, and we went to the mall (laughs) to get Christmas presents, okay? And we wandered around for what, like an hour and a half. And I think Tyler bought shit for himself. And I bought one present for my wife that I wanted. And the second she opened it, she said, you got this shit for you, didn't you? I was like, well, it was like a a large t-shirt that I wanted. And she was like, I was like, well, you can wear it, you know, while you're pregnant, you want comfortable stuff. And then I can just wear it after. She's like, yeah, you can. Same thing. She was like, yeah, I don't like it. You can have it. I was like, all right, cool. This is great. But yeah, dude, guys, I mean, we are the quintessential men. There is nothing on this planet that I'm prepared for in terms of fatherhood. I can't believe my wife's still married to me. Anyway, all right. That's what, hey, listen, we went to, uh, yeah, I had to go. I mean, hey, hey, shout out Tyler, a.k.a. Jeff. The one guy, if you guys remember, and the only reason I know this is episode 93 is because Tyler told me this. Wrong Tyler, not Tyler Hansbro. Tyler, Tyler. My one dream when I started this podcast, guys, I said, listen, I just want one person in my entire life to come out and be like, hey, man, are you sleep dog? And so Tyler came up to me one time while I was out. Other Tyler, number one fan Tyler. And I was like, he said, hey, dude, are you sleep dog? And I was like, I got to know him from somewhere. And I felt bad. I was like, I feel like. Ain't nobody just knows me. Somebody's giving me shit. And, and it turns out it was just a podcast, man. Right. And Tyler and I have been buddies. I, you know, we sat in the same section of football games. I see him from time to time. And I go to church on Christmas Eve, which I might as well be on Mars. Okay. And who's in the front row? Number one fan, Tyler. And I said, Tyler, Tyler, hey, man. He kind of looked at me. It was like he was just as surprised to see me as, as I was. I was like, hey, dude, I might have to take two sips out of this chalice up here. Um, so I took communion, you know, and said Merry Christmas and did my thing. But, uh, yeah, dude, I survived Christmas. And and, uh, and now I'm staring 40 right down the barrel. Uh, don't know where I'm going with that either. Hey, here we go. Contender pretender. <laughs> this is our new segment. All right, guys. That was our sound effects. I uh, think the marketing team. We're going to rifle through this. And then we're going to get you out of here. We got Big Hawk. He's taking it so serious. He's standing up. All right, guys. If you're listening to this, go ahead and turn it off and then go to YouTube. Fast forward to about 4250. Okay. And then we're going to. 
fire this away. This is where here. our show is made, okay? This, this is, what we is get where this about. show Who's real, I mean, who's not? Guys, this is the Fugazi episode. Let's bring it. Forged in fire. NBA, baby. Here like, we go. Me- Memphis Grizzlies, Big Hawk. They are number 13 right now in the Western Conference. That's not good. But our boy uh, Glock Morant is back, and they've won four straight. I think they've won three straight since he came back. He is uh, NBA Player of the Week. I don't like the guy, but he sure nope. as hell looks pretty good. Contender, pretender. Uh, let me see here. There, I holy son of a <laughs> guy about knocked over the chandelier. Listen, okay. Shook the him damn up. Chandelier. Damn right, chandelier. Damn um, chandelier. Listen, they are an absolute pretender. They are not a contender. They don't have Stephen Matt Stephen Adams. Okay. They, Ja's still hanging out with the same people. His dad's running around like he's, you know, like he's an oh, A-list sure. celebrity. He's still bringing all this noise. They are a pretender, okay? And they they will not do anything this year, okay? They, they made the playoffs? Themselves. No. Fuck them. Oh. All right. Orlando Magic. They are number four right now in the Eastern Conference. 18-11 overall, 11-3 at home. Got some good players. Franz Wagner. Paolo Banchero, our boy Cole Anthony. Yep. And that's why they're pretenders, because they're not all-stars, okay? And they need one to win it, okay? And there's also in the East, okay, they have this guy named Giannis. He is a NBA superstar. And then they have this other guy in the East, Joel Embiid. He is an NBA superstar, okay? Those are the monsters in the East, they will not touch them. They may be fourth, but right now they are not passing the Bucks or the 76ers in any world. Pretender. All right. Move to the Western Conference then. The Oklahoma City Thunder. They are 19-9 overall, 7-3 and three in their last 10. Got a, perin- or a, a fringe MVP candidate, Shy, Shay Gregorius. Alexander, hope I'm pronouncing that right. They got our boy Chet Holmgren that's out doing uh, Wimby. They've got uh, Jalen Williams. They got Josh Giddy, who, but still pretty good player. They got, you know, they got some pieces. What do you think about the uh, Thunder? Pretenders. Okay. The Thunder also had James Harden, MVP, Russell Westbrook, MVP. Uh, Kevin Durant, MVP, and Steven Adams, they still couldn't win it. Okay, they're not going to win it with these guys because they're not as good, and uh, they're just pretenders. They're they're obviously they're growing. They are young. Maybe they'll be contenders, maybe, but not right now. Back to the Eastern Conference. You already made it loud and clear. Joel, Joel Embiid with the 76ers, Giannis Antetokounmpo with the Milwaukee Bucks. But talk to me about. The New York Knicks, number six in the Eastern Conference, 17 and 12 overall. Guy that's on the come up, Jalen Brunson on Sleep mm-hmm. Dogs fantasy basketball team. I'm trying to think at the moment what my fantasy basketball team's name is, and I can't do that. But Jalen Brunson's on it, and he's uh he's the guy. Becky Hammond says he's too small, but he's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's pretty good, but he's not good enough. Okay. They need another piece and they're not going to get it done there. Pretenders. Okay. They need a megastar in New York. New York is trending up. Okay. But they're not quite up. Okay. They need a little more up to help them get up. Uh, they're going to need another piece to really be contenders. I do like the direction that the Knicks are heading, uh, which uh, 
a couple years ago. We couldn't see this, but uh, they are heading in the right direction. Pretenders this year. Interesting trade deadline situation in New York. Uh, I think it's, uh, let me see you get Lopez. Speaking of the Bucks, Brooke Lopez uh, is the name of my team. NFLs, we're going to switch gears. All right. Kansas City Chiefs seems like the wheels are falling off. People throwing helmets. Travis Kelsey honeymoon is over. People starting to ask questions about Patrick Mahomes. But they're still the Kansas City Chiefs defending Super Bowl champions, contender or pretender. Contender. And the reason they are contender is because they have the best quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks ever, okay, still Patrick Mahomes, may not be having a Mahomes year, but he will figure it out. They also have one of the best tight ends to ever play the game, Kelsey. Uh, he's dating a rock star, uh, so he's got to be feeling pretty good about that. I don't care what all negative attention it brings to the club. Uh, they are still contenders. They have some pieces. They will figure it out because they always do, and they know how to win. They're a contender. Next up, the Philadelphia Eagles. Damn near lost to the Giants. Um, got mollywopped by the Seahawks, the Cowboys, the 49ers. Uh, got, did get back on track against the, against the Giants. Didn't look that great doing it on Christmas. Uh, Jalen Hurts, pretty good. Yep. Don't like pretty the good. Eagles. A.J. Brown, pretty good. Team's pretty, pretty good. good. Mm-hmm. What are they contenders or pretenders? They're pretenders. And let me just say this, Jalen, Jalen's hurt. Okay. He's not feeling well. He's got a bad knee right now. Uh, they're, they've, they fired coordinators. They've uh, had a lot of negative noise. Um, you could tell Jalen's frustrated pretenders. All right. There you have it, folks. All right, here we go. Next one. I'm trying to get ahead of him a little bit. We've got, I know where he's going on this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Detroit Lions just beat the Vikings. Before that, they beat the Let's Ride Broncos before a loss to the Bears, beat the Saints, beat the uh, loss to the Packers, beat the Bears. They haven't had the biggest strength of schedule here in the last five, six games, mm-hmm. but they are still uh, doing big things and sitting front and center for the playoff race. And everybody, I think that's like uh, the Cinderella story at this point. Detroit Lions, contenders, pretenders. They're pretenders. Um, Yeah, I'm not buying the Detroit to win the thing. Uh, But I will say, if you're an analyst and you follow the NFL, it's a really cool story to talk about it, so everyone talks about it. And uh, their head coach is an emotional drama case. He always finds a way to bring a (laughs) tear uh, to the camera and, you know, gets everyone to buy his heart and thinks that he's a hard nose, like just the hardest, like the team really embraces the head coach's mentality or personality. And uh, he gets away with it. They'll, 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 they maybe win one game in the playoffs, and then everyone will put him in the Hall of Fame, and they'll blow the next one. They're pretenders. <laughs> oh, I remember his last time we talked about the Lions on this thing. I, you know, Tyler talked about how much his coach cries, and I was like, "Damn, I don't really, I don't really see him cry that much." And for whatever reason, we were recording on Sunday night. I got off. He was on sixty minutes, bawling his eyes out. Uh, next one, contender, pretender, San Francisco 49ers coming off of a surprising loss. Lost to the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Probably a lot of people wondering why I didn't put them on the contender pretender. I think it's obvious that's why Brock Purdy, we just talked about him last week, those four, four picks uh, doesn't look very Brock Purdy-ish. San Francisco 49ers, contender pretender. Contender. They're my favorite to win the whole thing. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, best, best player in football, most dynamic. Brock Purdy, good enough. I think he's the one top-tier quarterback. George Kittles, 
good. Debo Samuels, good. Uh, they have a good defense as well. Don't underestimate them. One of the best defenses in the league. They're built to win right now. They're contenders. Almost 60% of the team fantasy football teams in fantasy championships have Christian McCaffrey on their team. Sleep Dogs, Baby Billy's Bible Bonkers is one of them. Uh, in the championship this week, Christian McCaffrey leading the way. I agree. On to the NCAA basketball. We're going to finish with these. First one, Florida Atlantic out of the American Athletic Association. Off a big overtime win against Arizona. They're 10-2 and two overall, number seven in the AP. And like I said, just beat Arizona. Are they contenders? Are they pretenders? Contenders. This team was one shot away from the NCAA, tur- NCAA finals last year. They have Jarnell Davis, one of the best guards in the country, coached by Dusty May, one of the best coaches. Uh, this team has experience. They have depth. Um, they have very explosive scores in the guard position. I think they could make it to the Final Four and possibly championship game. Guys, the Mayo Bowl is so bad right now. I'm looking over my shoulder. They are putting mayonnaise on glazed donuts. Uh, Houston, out of the Big 12, 12 and 0, number three in the AP. This is the same conversation I feel like we were having last year. Are they a contender, pretender? Pretender. Uh, I'm not buying them. New conference. They're going to be tested more this year. Uh, they're going to be unfamiliar with a lot of places and arenas they go to. Uh, I don't know. Calvin Sampson's a really good defensive team. And. He really puts a lot of pressure on you. I just, I'm not buying them. I'm just not. I know a lot of people are. I'm not sold. Fresh off their loss against the North Carolina Tar Heels. I teased it earlier. We got uh, Oklahoma out of the Big 12. They've dropped to number 12 in the AP. They uh, dropped, which is five spots, uh, mm-hmm. dropping five spots after the loss to UNC. Uh, Sleep Dog knows where you're going, but uh, Sleep Hawk Nation might not. Contender, pretender. Pretender, they're not going to win it. They're they don't have they don't have that guy. And also, when you play a cupcake team, you don't you really aren't you know battle tested. They're going to get tested in the Big Twelve, and uh, I'm not buying them. Uh-uh. All right, here's the one that came for. Here's the one that people pay to see. All right, we got the number sixteen team in the Associated Press. Don't know if they deserve to be there. The 8-3 and three out of the ACC, Duke Blue Devils, fresh off a win against, against number 10, Baylor. Are they contenders or are they pretenders? They're pretenders. I'm not really buying Duke right now. I actually bought them before the season. I'm not sure they're playing Filipowski right. Uh, I would like them to see the big... Um, uh, I think what we're seeing right now is Filipowski having to guard the other team's big man and having to play down low a little bit too much. There's a, the big coming off the bench. I can't think of his name. He's a transfer from Northwestern named Ryan something. I think he should move into the starting lineup. Lively took that role last year, which opened up Filipowski to be more dynamic and play a little more outside. I think he's a spread big man. And uh, I think if they do that, then they'll they'll likely have a much better year. But also Tyrese Proctor, a lot of people built up to be um, – you know, having a good year. He's not really having meeting the expectations that people have put on him. He's also been injured a little bit. Uh, so I, I'm not sold on them. I think they're pretenders. There you have it, folks. Contender pretender segment is over. Uh, 2023, pretty much by the time you read this, listen to this, will be over. Uh, Sleep Dogs, Teens, Uno's. Teens, 20s, 30s will be over. Uh, Christmas is over. Um, 
But hey, 24 is just beginning, guys. So uh, <laughs> go get your listen, man. I don't know what your New Year's tradition is, but it needs to begin become to eat crab cakes on on New Year's Day. I mean, why would you not start that? So call Jimmy's and be like, hey, Jimmy, I'm trying to start my new year off right. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit about a New Year's diet. However, they do have meal prep boxes that are decidedly mm-hmm. healthy, right? Yes, sir. Um, I mean, this is my physique did not come from those. Big Hawks might. I highly recommend you try that. Um and we still have T-shirts in large sizes if you still want to stick with the crab cakes. So you can come get one of those. But I'm telling you guys, thank you for making 2023 uh, my best year yet. Appreciate you, you know, sticking with us in 2024. One mm-hmm. way you can make that the best year, uh, better than 23, is go subscribe to our YouTube channel. That would help. Mm-hmm. Uh, buy a T-shirt. That also, I mean, I'd rather you subscribe to YouTube channel. Buy a T-shirt. I mean, to be honest with you. Um, people buy the t-shirts eventually if enough people hear about us, but, uh, I don't know, man. Thank you guys for listening to our podcast for all these, all these years at this point, big Hawk, do you have anything else? Stay safe. Stay safe out there, everybody. Everybody.